Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, gravity. (laughs) We're going to talk about... (laughs) I want to believe. (laughs) Yeah. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. So coincidentally enough, we're going to talk about gravity this week. And I went to the Mm -hmm. John Mayer concert on Saturday night. So... Okay. uh, Yeah. So that was the... That was a little musical interlude at the beginning there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new game last week called Gravity Superstar. It's like it's like synchronicity or kismet or something. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's something. a it's a it's a board game, and um, if you're looking for just a lightweight, fun little family game that's kid friendly, it's it's super fun. And it plays really fast. And What's it called again? I, I recommend it. It's called Gravity Superstar. Gravity Superstar. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and basically, basically, you have a little character that you're orienting around, and through, through cards, you're rotating them in different directions on the board. And then at the end of your turn, your character always falls down toward their feet, regardless of whatever direction they're facing. And they collect little star bits along the way. And like, if you hit the edge of the board, you just loop around Pac-Man style. Oh, that's so cool! It's so fun. Oh man, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about like it before. The enemy's gate is down. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, why am I blanking on the name? Uh, Ender's Game. Yeah. Ender's Game, and also, and and it's also gravity is like a character in the Expanse. Yeah. It's just always coming up. Like, what kind of gravity is going on? Is it thrust gravity, spin gravity, terrestrial gravity, or whatever they call planetary gravity? And like, you know, and the architecture of the ships is like you need to be able to put, walk on any surface. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's wild. It's very very cool something you just completely take for granted as an earthling uh and you know i mean how how many people do you think ever escape gravity i mean it's like just people that go to space right that's that's basically it pretty much i mean i mean a little bit when you're underwater kind of but yeah, not really. or, or like when they do that like airplane thing like that band yeah, the, OK the Go vomit did. Yeah, Vomit Comet. That is what it's called. Oh, that's a great video. Um but yeah, I mean you don't I mean that's just an illusion, right? You're still you're falling. But yeah. uh oh man, it, it's such a anyway, the reason why we, we brought it up is because uh we both watched this video with a guy named Bob Lazar where he's interviewed on the Joe Rogan show and he's like uh I think he's a physicist, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was I and I'm also gonna say I think it was the eighties, but he was sort of given an opportunity to work at one of the sites near area 51 on a government project. And he tells this story, which I mean, let's just get it like the elephant in the room. It's like impossible to believe like the story he tells is is just got to be fiction, Mm -hmm. but his delivery of the story is thoroughly convincing. So it's kind of like, and it's really, I, I had a great time listening to it. I thought he was very engaging. Yeah. And the story yeah, it, was, it was an entertaining story. Yeah. And, you know, for fans of the X-Files, you want to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he talks about, so to, to summarize, I'm probably going to, I watched it maybe a month ago, and I think you just more recently watched it. So you can mm-hmm. help me uh, remember the details. But, but the timeline is basically, uh, he was, I, I want to say he was at MIT or something. And then he gets the, he, he, he was, he did this thing that was sort of crazy with his car and it was just like, he put like a jet engine on his car. He's just like, he's just like a Uber nerd. 
and right like in his 20s yeah yeah and at the time right it came to the attention of someone who was in a position to recommend people for this government project and they were you know to hear him tell it they were looking for people who were you know smart in a particular way but also thought way outside the box like someone who put a jet engine on their toyota corolla so (laughs) so he gets this job offer to come work you know these weird shifts at this location in the desert where you know he'd be on for like like four days straight like round the clock and then like go literally around the clock yeah like sleeping there and yeah and then off for like a week and then back for two weeks and just oh yeah just all kinds of random yeah like a medical resident and and just super highest possible security like like the way you know it would put apple to shame like the new iphone mm-hmm. like you not nobody knows everything like even the memos he was getting were coded and like like there were code names for other things that the memo referenced in the memos that he didn't have access to so it was all under different names and like made up and and they would intentionally put like misinformation in there so that if if it got leaked out they could track it back to who leaked it and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff right so imagine that situation where you're you you've got this uh, you need really smart people and you need them to do science, but you can't let them talk to each other and they can't tell anybody else, not even their spouse. Yeah. You can't really do science that well in that environment. Yeah. It's and a that's, collaborative thing. Right. And he, so uh, it's not technology really, but I love the, the, the story about what, what was his partner's name? It was a funny name, Barry or something. I think so. Yeah. So he he's introduced to this partner, Barry, and he's got this very specific thing he's supposed to work on. And he's he basically read a bunch of briefs about related ancillary things uh, around like UFOs, like UFOs that the United States government has, supposedly have at Area 51, which he has supposedly seen. And, uh, and his job was to work with Barry to figure out how the propulsion system worked mm-hmm. or maybe not, maybe more specifically the generator that powered the propulsion system. And, you know, Barry would, had been there longer and supposedly Barry's previous partner died under mysterious circumstances that of course no one could explain or no one was allowed to explain. Right. And, and this guy, Bob is only like, he just goes, you just imagine him walking into like a, a, a 10 by 10 white room with this Barry guy and a table in the middle with this uh, dome, like a half sphere the size of, I think he said it was sort of like the size of a punch bowl upside down. And it was like this, supposedly it's this, some kind of, um, some sort of like combination of power generation, gravity field generation. Yeah. And, and they, they, they knew how to turn it on. And then you had to open it and inside of it, there are all these pieces that none of them were connected. So like, like they're just laying in there, just laying there. Like, so some sort of like proximity wireless is probably Bluetooth. I'm going to say it was probably Bluetooth. That <laughs> I'm yeah. This was the eighties. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So the advanced technology at the time would be like Bluetooth four. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just love that, you know, and occasionally a manager would come in. I don't remember the manager right. had a funny name too. It was like, yeah, they're just like, here, figure it out. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it's just such a funny scenario. Cause it's like, wait a second, 
you've got this like thing here that that is wire somehow wirelessly interacting the components are wirelessly interacting there's some sort of massively powerful force uh, you know let's just it wasn't i don't think he said it was electricity he doesn't even know what it was right but it's generating this massive amount of power because it's creating a gravity field and he was like you can't do that like that's not a thing <laughs> but it, right. so it defies the laws of physics as we know them yeah and 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 so he's like super as a nerd would as as nerds are he was like crazy excited about it at first because like this this i mean imagine imagine if this is true and you're this guy and he sure seemed to believe it maybe they're tricking him you know what i mean like let's just say he's telling the truth to the extent that he knows and this was all just a big social experiment with him as the test subject right yeah, let's just let's just say this guy actually saw something that he believed to be this. Okay. And he's like super excited at first, just like like this changes everything. Like my entire life just got pulled out from right. underneath. He just me. got his mind blown. Yeah, mind blown in the just in the most thorough way. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, let's start playing with let's just stick poking this with sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. Pretty quickly he's like <laughs> Wait a minute, what happened to the guy I replaced? It's, it's like you're a monkey and there's this big black obelisk and you're... <laughs> Just hitting it with coconuts. <laughs> Does this thing work? <laughs> and he had these great analogies where he was like, imagine a nuclear reactor in like Elizabethan England. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are pressing buttons because they're like, what's this thing? And there's like a meltdown. And then every time somebody goes near the thing, they just disintegrate. They you know, like, yeah, and like the whole town gets radiation poisoning and dies. And it's like, no one has any clue what happened or why. Yeah. It's like, like, what's the quote? And any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, exactly. And so here's this, here's this thing that they're poking with sticks and hitting with coconuts. And, and it's, you know, if, if it was really generating a gravitational field or an anti-gravity field, it was like gravity pushing away from the object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a problem with that term of anti-gravity because it wasn't anti-gravity. It was just gravity pointed in a different direction. Yeah, and he, he kind of, he, he didn't. Pl- I remember when he said that word anti-gravity. He was kind of like, I guess you could call it. He, he wasn't like, it's like gravity repulsion yeah. instead of attraction. But, but I mean, the term anti-gravity. Like they flip the magnet around the other way. Yeah, but the term, the term anti-gravity, I think is, it is sort of improperly used as like something that would make you float. Right. You know, it's so just like, like I would think of it as the nullification of gravity. Yeah. So it's different as, di- as distinct from like antimatter, which I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I would still call it gravity. It's just, di- you know, directional, like you can mm-hmm. point it. Uh, but so this, <laughs> so you can, you can do with gravity. I mean, you know, <laughs> how, what do you like? How? Um, like any kind of accelerator, like any kind of, uh, well, any kind of thrust gravity, just your, oh, okay. Like we were talking about earlier. Right. See, I don't know if, see that to me, that's like an inertia thing. Like uh, they call it yeah. a gravity. They call it gravity, but is it really gravity? Yeah. You know, cause you could be going a billion miles an hour. As long as you're not accelerating, you're just going to feel like you're floating. Right. That's true. And so I actually read up a little bit on, on like, what is gravity? in advance of this and there's like nobody has like the people barely even have mm-hmm. a clue what it is you know like maybe there's a graviton you know it, it just feels like um 
it feels like people barely have any idea how it works. <laughs> we know objects with more mass have more gravity, but we don't really understand how the force itself. Yeah, like why it, why it's there. What's happening? Is it like? Yeah. I mean, I used to have like stoner fantasies when I was, you know, in a, my teen, late teens and early twenties, about basically college, when mm-hmm. it'd be like, maybe, maybe it's like the, you know, the, you know, the, the. I mean, what the nuclear forces that hold atoms together? Maybe when you just have a massive amount of atoms, that like attractive force that keeps the atom from blowing apart is kind of just like like multiplied yeah it's just like blurring out it's like it it sort of extends around the atoms so when you have like a ton of atoms together (laughs) then that like the nuclear force but but that doesn't it doesn't hold up at all it's just like a stoner fantasy and then i I had another great stoner fantasy you're gonna love this one okay that gravity was inertia okay get ready for this one everybody Mm -hmm. everybody put the grateful dead on in the background um imagine if you will dear listener that uh, imagine imagine two balloons and you're they're near each other on the table and you you're like inflating them and they get closer together they get closer because they're getting bigger and bigger now they're touching if you kept on inflating them they would keep touching because Mm -hmm. they are you know objects and objects and rest will stay at rest so they're but they're getting bigger so they're touching. So now imagine instead of, instead of the two balloons, imagine there's a giant balloon. Imagine I'm floating around in space and there's also a giant balloon floating around in space and the balloon is expanding pretty fast and it expands up to my feet and now I'm on it, so to speak. And it keeps expanding. It's expanding fast. It's really pushing me away, but I am, but it, it feels like we're stuck together. You know what I mean? Like I could walk Mm -hmm. on it because it's expanding in every direction. I could walk all around it because it's pushing me away. It's kind of like thrust it's pushing, gravity. It's pushing you away, but it's but you're it, it's pushing you away at the same rate that it's expanding to keep up with you and so Yeah, so it feels like yeah. right. So now imagine that I'm also expanding but not as fast because I'm just not okay, as much So you're eating too many burritos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And now imagine that instead of the balloon, it's the earth in the same way, the big bang and the, and the, um, and the, uh, universe expanded from this thing. Why couldn't the earth be expanding? If it's all relative, we wouldn't know. How would we know? (laughs) Right. I told you, I told you stoner fantasy. I didn't do enough drugs in college. Yeah. Yeah. When when Kira, the, the only thing I have to add to this is that when Kira was little, um, it wasn't gravity. It was gravity because that it grabbed you. It grabbed you and held you down. <laughs> gravity. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So another thing in my research as I as I was uh, prepping for this show is that um, gravity is not the same everywhere on the Earth. I didn't know that. It's uh, in areas where the planet itself is more dense. The gravity is slightly stronger, and there are mm-hmm. two satellites that. Um, I don't remember who it's not NASA, but there are two satellites, something grace, I think is the acronym, uh, have like flying around that can measure it. Um, but I mean, but to get back to the, I mean, gravity is just like super fascinating because you want to, I want it. it's like, you want it to be like magnetism, but it's not, it has different properties. It's like, right. Yes. But if you imagine, so to get back to Bob Lazar, if you imagine that sort of repulsion thing that you can do with magnets where they just, I mean, think how magic magnets are. That's pretty magic. (laughs) Magnets. How do they work? It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Magnets are insane. 
and you know pushing pushing two uh, magnets away from it, you know the same poles together and they repel each other so now imagine you've got you've got something that can do that but at the gravitational level and it, it it's like this small thing it's like uh, a, a near infinite amount of power it seems like it seems to like power itself like it's like you know basically so like where's the power coming from and right. and what what effects would that have? Like, what could you do with that? And he, he had some pretty cool, uh, again, probably science fiction. He seemed to believe mm-hmm. it, but maybe they tricked him or who knows what, but some really interesting, um, speculation around what it would mean if someone could do that and what, you know, in uh, the possible effects of it. It's just like, it's fun to speculate on. I mean, I yeah. think he's, I think he is either making it all up for the money or has some sort of mental illness and believes it's real. <laughs> yeah. He was, if he's making it up, he's a great actor, but, you right. know, but he's been telling this story for 30 years. So yeah, he's had, he's had plenty of time to perfect his, his story. Yeah. He might be nuts, but it's such a fun, it's good sci-fi fodder. So like one of the things he talked mm-hmm. about was, um, someone they determined, I don't think he did it. I think they already had found this out was that there there was an element in the generator let's call it or the engine that does not exist on planet earth or at least yeah. it didn't at the time and i found this interesting he said that um subsequently the element had been created in the lab for like milliseconds or microseconds like some very short amount mm-hmm. of time in an unstable uh unstable isotope i think he said and that there are lots of like elements can exist in lots of different, uh, there are different isotopes. Gee, I hope I'm not using the wrong word there. Um, lots of different isotopes of a particular element and some are stable and some are unstable. And this particular one, I don't remember the name of it, but he said it does not exist on earth. I just looked it up. It's Moscovium. Okay. And it doesn't, it doesn't exist in a stable form on earth, but it did exist in a stable form inside of this thing. And it was his, I don't know if it was speculation or if they, they were sure of it, but it was, that's where the energy was coming from. Somehow that was, that was giving off, that was powering it. And yeah, I have some fun facts here on it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hit me. Um, it's extremely radioactive element. It's most stable known isotope. Moscovium 290 has a half-life of only 0.65 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's all of this. That's that, that I understand. So that's, <laughs> mm. yeah, I mean, that's so cool. Cause like now think just for a second before, before we like completely, um, poo poo the whole thing. Cause it's fun to think about. So there was a time when like the science that we're currently in the, the level of scientific discovery that we currently enjoy wasn't there. It was in the relatively recent past that people didn't even understand that germs can create disease, you know? And like, mm-hmm. there's a, a, a horrible story about, yeah, I won't even go into it. It's too horrible. But the, <laughs> uh, um, the, there was a doctor who discovered that, hey, everybody, it would be a great idea if before you deliver the baby, uh, you, your you wash your hands, especially if you just came from the morgue. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, w- I can like we almost. Should, we, should, we should clean these saws before re- <laughs> using them to remove legs. Yeah. And it was like, you know, point being, there was a time when it was like, you know, the universe revolves around the earth or then there was a time when like, okay, maybe, maybe not, maybe the earth goes around the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I mean to say is that like, 
there was a time when the current level of scientific discovery didn't exist. And in the future, there will be more. Right. Maybe there'll be a whole new science discovered. Yeah. And I mean, that's not the part of it that I have such a hard time believing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can believe that there maybe there is some kind of alien technology out there that's way super advanced beyond our understanding at this point. Maybe some of it somehow ended up on Earth. What I have a hard time believing about all this is that any government could keep it that secret for that long. Mm -hmm. And like that there would be no hard proof from a reputable source after this many decades. Right. So just the fact that there's not is why I think that you know, there, there's, there's no truth to, to any of this. <laughs> it's, I, I agree with you, but think of what we're saying. We're saying that we can believe that there's alien technology on Earth, but we can't believe that a government can keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Which one's less plausible? You've got a point there, but... <laughs> right, I, but, I, but I do agree with you. I mean, it seems impossible for... Well, and then you've got this guy. Like, like this guy, again, let's say that he believes this for some reason. And whether or not it's true, this guy believes it. Bob Lazar believes it. You would think that other people like this guy, like scientists, would not be able to just not be able to like contain the secret. Ignore, like, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just terrible at keeping secrets, but it's it's impossible for me to imagine somebody witnessing things like this guy witnessed, and he wasn't the only person. Obviously, I mean, there were mm -hmm. plenty of other people there. Like, how could this be the only guy leaking this information? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just like, it just seems implausible. Unless, you know, unless the, you know, pain of death or like hostage situation with the family. And, and that, you know, he, and that's his story. That's why he finally went public because he sort of ran afoul of the policies. And he started to think that his life might be in danger. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, the only thing I can do is go public. And it does start to, it starts to get very big footy, you know, parts of the story get very big footy when he starts talking to this, like, I don't remember the reporter's name, but there was a reporter, I think it was the Phoenix oh, yeah. Sun. And he seems like a little bit of put it on the news. colorful yeah. character. Yeah. But, uh, regardless, uh, okay. So here's a, here's a story he tells about, uh, there's a couple of things. He's like, you weren't allowed to see anything, but there were a couple of situations where I accidentally saw the craft that the engine came out. Cause I was, you know, he, when he was mm -hmm. first coming in, they just walked him through. Normally you'd go through this particular door, but on this given day, they went through this hangar door and there were a bunch of hangers right in a row and the doors were all open for some reason. And he saw like, I think he said like 10 or 15 nine of them. Yes. I think he said there were nine, nine. Okay. So nine, uh, all different shape crafts, like all different shapes. And not particularly aerodynamic in the way that you would think, like when we think of like a plane or a rocket or something, they're just like, mm -hmm. just like kind of mashed up like weird shapes <laughs> and no, no two the same. Uh, he saw at least one that looked like it had been, it sustained damage maybe from like a ballistic, some sort of ballistic damage, maybe from an asteroid, maybe from a crash, maybe from a bazooka, who knows. Yeah, and supposedly at least one of them came from an archaeological dig. That was the that was the most crazy part of it was that yeah. was that one of them was dug up and had you know been in the ground for tens of thousands of years, let's say, like pre dinosaur even. Who knows? Oh, maybe around pyramid time. Maybe pyramid time. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that was where I went. Uh, okay, you're you're telling the story. <laughs> Right. But I did love the idea of imagining that 
from from a book standpoint, it was really fun to mm-hmm. imagine like all of this stuff happened because you're you're automatically my automatic thought was like, oh well, this is like happening or it happened in the fifth relatively recent past. It never occurred to me like mm-hmm. it happened when dinosaurs roamed the earth or or when the pyramids were being built or whatever, and like and it's over and long gone. And they're just digging these things up like dinosaur bones. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like the expanse where like the, the proto molecule creators are like have, are gone. Gone. And we have the ruins behind. Right. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, let's, let's turn this into a weapon or let's poke this with a sharp stick. And like mm-hmm. it blows up in your face, like over and over and over. Uh, but I love that. Okay, so the so one day he was like, "I need to see where this thing was in the ship. Maybe that will help me figure mm-hmm. something out." And uh, they went out, and he was able to go inside of the ship. It was it was uh, supposedly pretty tight like, inside, like hobbit sized, hobbit sized, and and like almost like melted wax. Like everything was kind of round. Mm-hmm. There were no seams anywhere, and uh, there wasn't really there wasn't really any anything much to look at that would seem like a control panel or anything like that. It's like there was an archway that could go transparent. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, but that was, that's not that big a deal. Like we've got stuff that could do that. And so anyway, he's like, maybe you could think of that like a screen, but in general, there were no like knobs or a steering wheel or something like that. Right. Um, so, okay. So all of that is like, but then he saw them do a test flight with one of them. So, so, and this was kind of fun and interesting. It was kind of like, why Why would he tell this part of the story if he was making it up? But he said that there were people on the ground where he was that were in radio contact with a pilot inside of the UFO. And it was, it, it made, um, it sort of lifted off and made a sound, but it was more like the sound of the ship pushing against the dirt. It wasn't like mm-hmm. an engine roaring to life or something like that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like a Prius drives by you. You can hear it. The tires <laughs> right. are touching the ground and you can hear those car noises, but there's no like, you know, right. It's just like, oh, not a lot of engine noise. Right. <laughs> and so he's kind of describing it like that, where like sounds were made, but not like an, like a helicopter, you know, is making all this noise. And then he, the wild thing is, he was like, a couple, couple of things are really wild in the story. One is that it just jumped around like a laser pointer, like boink, 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 boink. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't appear to have any uh, gravity and inertia. didn't appear to have any effect on it whatsoever. And that, he, and his, his speculation was that it was contained in its own gravitational field, almost like a force field or something. And right, that, that this half sphere punch bowl, upside down punch bowl generated. Right, that that could be directed against, uh, directed in the, uh, away from where you want it to go, mm-hmm. but that inside of the bubble there must be no uh, inertial forces. Otherwise, the pilot would have instantly been killed because it was just like right. jumping around. Right. So it so like it creates a uh, creates like a sphere around the craft of gravity basically that can be pointed in whatever direction you want to go and then inside you're effectively weightless yeah that's what it seems like that's what and so he was like so it could be that or it could be that it wasn't actually jumping around like that but the gravitational field was bending the light which gravity is known to be able to do Mm -hmm. and so the way i was seeing it isn't the way it was really moving 
And I was like, which is an interesting idea. Yeah. Very interesting idea. Again, sci-fi like fodder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other thing he was like, and, 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 but they had radio, but they had radio. Right. And he was like, but it doesn't make sense. You wouldn't be able, like radio wouldn't be able to penetrate it or shouldn't be able to penetrate it. Uh, and I was like, why would he, you know, if he's making this story up, why would he add that detail that he couldn't explain? You know what I mean? It seemed like, uh, it just seemed yeah. weird. I don't know, but he was whatever. It was just like, <laughs> it was just a fun, a fun expo- exploration of like, um, I mean, it might as well have been a st- like a book. It might as well have been like, right. Oh, it well. might as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so he started to get really nervous because first of all, because of the sort of existential risk to his own life, but also, the idea that a government would eventually, uh, he, he didn't believe figure it, it out. Yeah. He didn't believe that people were ever going to be able to figure it out. He's like, he was like, if you, if you, his other analogy that I liked was like, if you traveled back in time and put like a Harley Davidson in, you know, wagon train era, mm-hmm. there's no way, no way that the people in that time period could even understand what the, plastic fender was never mind make one there's just too much technology that needs to exist to make plastic you know it's <laughs> a good point yeah so like okay maybe we figure out like how to drive this thing you know maybe you could figure out how to drive the motorcycle but you're never gonna be able to make one or not never but you know not for 200 years or 300 right. years of industrial revolution so it's like yeah like you said it all just comes down to material science until the material science catches up the rest of it is just yeah you know yeah you're just driving a motorcycle around in the the wild west (laughs) right eventually like you'd run out of gas and that would be it boom done dead motorcycle you know like if this thing ran out of gas just okay that's that was fun that's it we're we're not doing this anymore (laughs) yeah that's over We we now have a really big fancy paperweight yeah yeah but he was like he was like he was like game over if somebody does figure out how this thing works and can at least maybe not make another one, but learn how to control it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You'd have force fields. You'd have, you, you'd win. You'd, you'd have weapons. You'd win. You'd have, yeah. He was like, you could, t- you could time travel with, if you can control gravity and it's, and I never, I know that like theory of relativity and all that says time is relative and depends on, you know, the faster you go, the slower it is. And, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I cannot get my head around that at all. There is a really good video do it, there's a video presentation that's doing just some some very basic experiments um, that just sort of illustrate this. It's actually pretty easy to illustrate. I'll have to find it for you. Yeah, that would be. I would love that because it's always. Yeah. I remember it was actually a, it was actually a Doctor Who special. Is it where they interviewed all of these scientists or like the technology of Doctor Who? Could it exist? No, no, it was done by famous famous British scientist whose name I can't remember. Is it that like looks like he could have been in the Beatles, like yeah. that thin guy with the the Beatles haircut? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at at describing this stuff. I can't think of his name. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but Brian Cox is his name. Yes. Um. Yeah. He's great at describing describing this stuff. He's kind of like a a, a Carl Sagan type, like for the mm-hmm. for the next generation. Um. But yeah, we should. I mean, I was just talking the other day about this this book I read when I first understood like relativity in, in the, in space, mm-hmm. you know, like the, you know, the story of like, there's a kid on a train bouncing a ball up and down and there's a kid in a field as the train goes by 
the kid in the train sees the ball going up and down. The kid in the field sees it going in an arc or a sine wave, right. you know, depending on how long you watch. And, and the author was like, which one's right? I'm like, well, the kid on the ground is right. He's the one standing on the ground. The train's moving. And the author's like, neither one's right. It's relative. And I was like, no, <laughs> the kid on the ground. And then I was like, and then like nuclear explosion goes off in my head. And I'm like, the ground's moving. The earth's moving. It's spinning. Everything's moving. Everything's <laughs> moving. There's no stable platform. I'm like, oh, I'm going to puke. It's oh. all relative. <laughs> yeah. Like nothing's standing still. I, I was like, I got vertigo. <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, wow, that is a game. I mean, honestly, I mean, if I wanted to be like a real um, gadfly about it, I would say, how do you know the earth's going around the sun? It's like, it's, it's not, it, you could just as easily say that everything's going around the earth, like relative to what, you know, and I'm not trying to say, I think that, but you know what I mean? If everything's moving, like what's going around what? <laughs> like, why would you say it like that? Anyway. Um, so I've always, and I've never been able to like, so I got my head around that. I'm like, Oh, okay. I can understand that. But like the, the, you know, time slowing down stuff. Uh, I'm like, I just can't, I can't get there. I can't figure it out. So I'll, I'll definitely check that. I would love it if I could like have some kind of mental model to process that. Oh man. But you know, folks, if you want like a, a wild ride and a, listen to a fun yarn, listen to a perhaps perhaps schizophrenic tell <laughs> story like, <laughs> uh a, a, it's a fun story to listen to i thoroughly enjoyed listening to it but yeah we can link to it it's uh it's uh bob lazar on the joe rogan show it's like a three-hour interview though so seatbelts on mm-hmm. yeah i i listen to it at one and a half speed oh uh, you're one of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's fun it's fun the guy's like the guy tells a good story it's like all sorts of intrigue. It would make a nice, uh, make a nice book or something. Yeah. Like he should just write a novel. It's like, why hasn't he just written a novel? Yet? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, definitely fun to think about. Oh man. So is there anything else we should talk about to blow, blow people's minds and, uh, reveal ourselves as no nothings? Um, well, I mean, if you want your mind blown by just some amazing, like stunning hands down the best animation I have ever seen in my life. Ooh. The new, newly released uh, version of the Lion King. What? Yeah, Disney did a quote unquote live action Lion King that's all very realistically animated, like computer animation. Huh. It is, we saw it the other night, it is mind blowing. The animation in that is just stunning. So it looks like. It looks like, it looks real. It looks like a bunch of real animals talking. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And this is in the theaters or something? Um, that's mm -hmm. how out of touch yeah. I am. Yeah, it's in theaters. Wow. And I mean it's just it's just stunning quality. Mm. Like I've I've never seen animation so convincing before. I'm telling you. Yeah, like how how far I'm telling you, like who what's gonna be the point of an actor? <laughs> right? Until it's just right now it's just easier, but as soon as it's not easier, we're not gonna need mm -hmm. them. It's just gonna be avatars that are so realistic that you can't tell the difference. And then, you know, we've talked about it before, like you know, Beyonce licensing her face or voice or, right. you know, Beyonce is not an actress, but <laughs> is she, is she in a movie? I don't know. I don't think I'm still so. out of touch. Yeah, I don't know. Spending all this time thinking about anti-gravity. Can't keep up <laughs> with like pop stars and. I don't know. I just, I spend I sp all my spare, all my spare time goes to tiny card games. Oh man. Yeah. We were talking about it before the show. I got, I, I'm working on one. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. I'll probably, it'll be one of those, you know, when you like write a novel and put it in a drawer and never show it to anybody. 
Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'm going to do. <laughs> like <laughs> that was fun, you know, and then never test it. Cause I'm, ter- right. I'm like terrified of testing it. It's, it's terrifying because you put all this work into it and then, you know, five minutes into it, it's going to be like, this is garbage. Yeah. <sighs> what was I thinking? And you have to take have like, to the one good out. thing from it and start all over again. And, right. <laughs> and repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> oh, but man, is it fun? It's like yeah. cutting it out and putting it on the counter. It's like I'll spread out all the counter. It's just like right. It's like so much fun. I never, I never think like that. I always think in, uh, in like a text, plain text mm-hmm. document on my computer, like a more of an outline type person, not visual when it comes right. to stuff like that. But you can't, you have to do it that way. It doesn't. It, I tried it in the, you know, I tried a spreadsheet and I was like, I immediately was like this, I can't visualize, you I need to visualize yeah. this. Yeah. It's so, so much fun. Uh, cool. Okay. Well folks, hopefully you enjoy that. I think we're going to do, um, one more episode in this season yes, nine not, and not next week, mm-hmm. but the week after that, because next week I'm going to be at Gen Con mm-hmm. and I'm going to be at Bandcamp. Yes. So uh, when we get back, we can do a, a Gen Con Bandcamp recap. Yeah, we'll probably probably won't be a, a, a tech heavy episode. It'll probably just be us talking about our fun vacations and catching up. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then we'll be back after probably six or eight weeks with season mm-hmm. ten. Can you believe it? Wow! Wow! Can you believe it? Uh, cool. Okay, so stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, hopefully it was fun thinking about. Uh, gravitational propulsion systems for a little while <laughs> and uh yeah head over to the show notes for links to all sorts of fun stuff lion mm-hmm. king and the bob lazar interview and everything and, else um, brian and brian cox and brian yeah. cox and the vomit comet <laughs> so, there's Man. a band name that's it yeah <laughs> brian cox and the vomit comet <laughs> we have a title yes <laughs> all right folks that's it for this week i'm jonathan stark And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye.